0: Good afternoon, you're listening to 90.7 FM, KALX. I'm Franklin, and this is Berkley Rocks.
1: That's right, it's a weekly look at the world of science, technology, and their effects on our daily lives. I'm Charles Lee.
0: Coming up on today's show, we'll be exploring current topics in the world of science.
1: In addition, we'll be interviewing Soren Oliver, the director of a new play, exploring issues in technology.
0: Also, we'll find out where our fart comes
1: from. So stay tuned for all this, plus the world-famous question of the week, coming right up. Here on Bert de
0: to Berkeley Rocks. I'm Frank Ling.
1: And I guess that makes me Charles Lee. How are you doing, Frank?
0: Not too bad. Not too bad.
1: All right, excellent. So, what's going on in uh, life, the universe, and everything?
0: It's been chilling. I think
1: the uh, the, the weather is just
0: getting cold these days. Yeah.
1: Well, that's the way it is in the Bay Area this time of year.
0: But uh, the sunsets are beautiful. I don't know if you've seen them, but
1: I haven't. Uh, did you catch the uh, the Leonids last the other night?
0: Well, so I got off at 2:30, walked out for a few minutes. I saw nothing. <laughs> went back to sleep well i guess the moon got in the way something like that i i heard some people say that the uh the linens were directly in front of the moon
1: oh is that right
0: so i don't know if that i mean because originally i thought they were going to be away from the moon but anyways i'm not sure i guess the uh the predictions probably weren't kind of off this year mm. so here's the question of the week not not that question of the week
1: we always we always start with the question of the week but not that question of the week so right. what is this so what does it take to get you wet you, you don't need to ask questions you don't want to hear the answer to, my friend.
0: I'm referring to, uh, you know, getting molten liquid on your skin. Why doesn't it stick on?
1: O- okay, that was not what I had in mind, but uh, I have no idea. What does it take to get molten liquid on your skin?
0: Well, so this has been a mystery that's been going on for 200 years, and it's actually not on skin, but just on any solid okay. surface. The problem is, why is it that liquid metals do not stick to solids very easily?
1: Uh, I have no idea. Why don't you enlighten me?
0: Actually, this mystery has been solved by some researchers at Lawrence Berkeley National Laboratory. Uh,
1: our very own Lawrence Berkeley National yeah,
0: Labs. Up in the hill.
1: Yeah. What are they doing up there?
0: Found out that what happens is um, when the molten liquid comes in contact with a solid surface, for example, ceramic, uh, it forms micro ridges on the surface, and thereby it prevents the uh, the wetting effect from fully occurring. Uh, the conventional uh, model, they have this thing called the Young-Dupre equation, which states that you know if you have a liquid on a solid surface, it'll um, interact with it and form, uh, you know, it'll wet it in a way that it'll form a certain contact angle. Okay. But the assumption there is that uh, it does not dissolve the solid. It doesn't right. you know, precipitate it. But what happens with a molten liquid is it's it's usually high enough that it'll dissolve part of the solid and then redeposit and I form see. these ridges.
1: I see. So it, it actually forms more of a interaction surface with the... Uh, with the metal, right? I see. So, uh, it seems like a uh, a good solution to a 200-year-old mystery. Uh, to where can people find out about it?
0: So you can go to the LBNL website, uh, search the scientists for Roland Cannon, Eduardo Saez, or uh, Antoni Tomazia.
1: Okay, why don't you do that and uh, get wet? S- yeah, get wet. All right, so have you seen The uh, Seven Years in Tibet?
0: I think I did. It's banned in China, too, right, that movie? Uh,
1: What's that? Yeah, I I believe it is. Uh, Didn't it star Brad Pitt or somebody like that? Right, right. Ah, well, how about 65 Million Years in Tibet? I haven't seen that one. No, that that one's just uh, kind of a recent uh, uh, story. Is that a a Dalai
0: Lama part, number 300 or something? Uh,
1: Yeah, the Dalai Lama (laughs) strikes back. Um, Alas, no, this is actually a, a story about the Tibetan Plateau. The Which, plateau. The plateau. That's a very high, I heard. Yes, it's it's quite high. It's apparently the highest uh, surface, uh, highest topography on Earth. In fact.
0: Really. Yes, it is. I guess no wonder the Chinese want it.
1: Well, the Chinese uh, Chinese like things that are high. Yeah, they high. they want yeah. everything. I guess they want to get high for some reason. As it turns out, this is actually a very very big question. How did this Tibetan plateau uh, form? How did it originate? Tectonics? Well, uh, that doesn't quite seem to be the case, actually. Really? So uh, what these researchers have done is, in fact, they've looked at the uh, Tibetan Plateau and tried to find out, actually, what, uh, what caused the, uh, the uh, uprise of the Tibetan Plateau. And there have been many theories about this. Mm-hmm. And it has implications on all kinds of things like Asian monsoons and the dynamics of the Himalayan orogeny. Everybody likes the orogeny. Orogeny. Ooh. Ooh. Ah. But anyway, so uh, a group of researchers led by this fellow Yin and others, they examined rock deposits along or adjacent to the faults, including those in uh, large nearby basins that were deposited during the past 65 million years in this part of the Tibetan Plateau. And they showed that there's a correlation along this fault, according to the deposits of the movements, as they were uh, being deposited. Well, so basically they conclude that the fault has been active. There's basically a strike-slip fault Mm -hmm. that's been active for the past 65 million years or so, and basically lifting up the uh, surface at a rate of about 800 kilometers, or I'm sorry, about 9 millimeters a year.
0: So it's still getting taller. It's
1: still getting taller, and that's the present rate that it's been going, and it's continued to go for quite some time.
0: Okay, so if anyone wants to know more about this,
1: well, if they want to know more about this, they can, I guess, go to Tibet and measure it for themselves, or they can uh, look in the recent issue of the Geological Society of America bulletin.
0: So here's something from uh, governmental bookkeeping. A governmental bookkeeping. From our very own isn't e. that an oxy- oxymoron there? Yeah, it's governmental just like bookkeepers. On. Yeah. So according to a report that came out from uh, the EPA, the wet waters in the in the country, lakes, the rivers, and streams, apparently um, the ones that are available for swimming and fishing have gone down from 1998 to 2000. Is that right? But now the uh, they're concluding that that's actually not true. It's actually stayed the same. The reason is because in 2000, they got higher quality data. As, oh. as a result, it implied that more of the streams were dirty.
1: I see. Well, the quality of your data can influence, I guess, apparently the dirtiness of your streams, it would seem.
0: Yes. So I guess if anyone wants to read more, they can go to the EPA website, uh, www.epa.gov, backslash 305b, backslash 2000report.
1: And watch out for dirty data contaminating the waters. All right, and finally, a little issue of Pedigrees. Do you know your pedigree, Frank? I think
0: I know where my children came from, <laughs> or where they will come from.
1: Well, that's that's probably a good place to start. Anyway, uh, I think I'm part Dachshund, but I'm not sure. And I, Jewish, right? I, I guess so. That 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 could have to do with it. Anyway, but uh, so uh, there's a new web program on the on the net there that's uh, helping to parse protein pedigrees.
0: So are you talking about, like, uh, tracing lineage by using DNA sequences? Well,
1: it's it's basically using the structure of proteins to try and relate them to other proteins that might be similar to one another. Uh-huh. And so possibly that evolved in sort of a similar way. And So this is uh, sort of revolutionizing the way that researchers can look at the interactions or actually the relationships between different proteins is by looking at their, their similarity to other types of proteins with similar structures. Mm-hmm. This is sort of will be a very novel use of uh, the database that's starting to become more and more available as more and more structures are found out and certainly should hope to uh, lead to more, uh, more known uh, functions here.
0: Well, you know, I always thought I was a monkey, so maybe we'll find out for now.
1: I, I always thought you were a monkey too, but uh, I guess uh, we'll have to check uh, with mom and dad. Yeah. But anyway, so if anyone wants to find out more about these uh, protein pedigrees, you can go to the Protein Pedigree website, which is, uh, get ready for this one, www.protonet.cs.huji.ac.il.
0: You sound like a commercial. I, I I try it. And that's all for this week's look at current events in the world of science. You're yep. listening to Berkeley Grox, only here on 90.7 FM. Coming up director soren oliver will tell us about his new play so stay tuned Welcome back to Berkeley Grox. Well, do you ever wonder if technology really makes life a little easier? Well, joining us today is Soren Oliver, the director of the play Alarms and Excursions, which explores whether modern technology really helps us or not. Uh, Soren, thanks for joining us. Thank you. So could you tell us a little bit about this play that's going on right now?
2: Um, You sort of uh, hit the nail on the head. It talks about... um whether our lives are become more complicated and more hectic or assisted by by technology. Right. And, uh, um, and to comedic effect. It's very funny. And uh, um, it's following the old uh, principle, like the old Charlie Chaplin movie, I think it's Modern Times and that kind of thing, where, where the technological or the mechanical affects the business of being. I think what he's really trying to explore, though, is not necessarily... You know, putting put uh, casting technology in a, in a evil light mm-hmm. as much as it is the responsibility of ourselves to deal with it, and that we we've, we've developed so so quickly that right. we haven't developed we haven't caught up socially or, or in you know with ourselves. We've uh, we've you know increased the the clock or you know raised the tension uh-huh. to the point to you know where just. Running around, bumping into walls.
0: So I understand this play was also written by the same playwright for uh, Copenhagen. That's correct. Yeah. Do you know what his inspiration was for uh, this particular story?
2: Um, Actually, I don't. I don't know.
0: And um, now that you've seen the play. how have your views of technology changed? My
2: views? Uh, it's strange. For me, technology started getting quicker like in 1979 or 78 with the introduction of Walkman's. And then suddenly, you could just sort of see it grow like kudzu, you know? Whereas <laughs> my, my my memory of prior to that it, it wasn't that developed. I mean, it, we had a black and white television at my parents' house for years, we couldn't afford right. anything else. You know, and that was fine, but, you know, suddenly it was like, they're cheaper, and there's so many, you know, it's just, there's a microwave in every, I remember when microwaves were a novelty, I went over and watched my friend cook a pizza in a microwave, it was pretty cool, you know.
0: Right, I remember when they, uh we, when we got our first one, like, mm-hmm. It was probably 50 pounds heavy, mm-hmm. and it, it cost like 400 bucks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now they're they're like well, 10 pounds, and you can get them for like 50 mother, bucks.
2: Yeah, my mother-in-law gave me one for Christmas because I was complaining we didn't have one in our apartment. Uh-huh. So she gave me a, a microwave. That was pretty cute. But like, or computers, I mean, you know, right. they've gone, and, and cell phones, we're all connected to, to cell phones now. And, well, uh, I
0: haven't quite sold out mm-hmm. yet, so. Oh, congratulations.
2: <laughs> congratulations. <laughs> it's I me mean one of these days. Uh, well, I mean, I had to, uh, my wife and I had to, to sell out for work reasons, but you, you, yeah. you sort of feel like you have a, a, a call. Chain of tap yeah, to it, right? yeah, and, and, and now, she, my wife said it on vibrate, and I can't, Turn, figure out how to turn it on to ring. <laughs> so it's constantly, you know. But I mean, and, and that's the same kind of thing that's going on with the play. It's it's uh, uh, it's it's things like one, the first scene. There's a moment where the smoke alarm is making a chink noise, and they can't figure it out, and they have this one. They think it's a fire, and then the smoke alarm's going chink chink. And uh, one character says, uh, it's a party. There's the host and the guest. And uh, the guest says, it must be a fire. And the host says, it's not a fire. It's just going chink. Well, it's telling us it's a fire. And the host says, I don't smell any smoke. Uh, It must be lying. And the guest says, how can you accuse it of lying? Uh, You know, anthropomorphizing the smoke alarm. Mm -hmm. And uh, we do that all the time, you know. I think an interesting thing in the show, too, is that the one thing he doesn't really lambast or address is cell phones.
0: Mm.
2: And, um, so are you going to ask the audience mm-hmm. to turn off their cell phones? Oh, yes. <laughs> but, I mean, that's another really great point. I mean, how many times have we gone to a movie or gone to a play <mares> or one of those great little, like, uh, customized, you know, Graham- 도- date- right. rings, you know, the phones. And you're just like, oh, man, that was the best part of the movie and I had to hear some Beethoven or something <laughs> on a cell phone, <laughs> you know. Yeah, so definitely uh, we'll have them turn that off. But I, I mean, it's, it's just if we could find a way to balance ourselves out with uh, the the advancement and the usefulness of the technology, just it's, it's just it takes just because we have it doesn't mean we always need to use it all the time, kind right. of a thing. It's how we use it that matters Precisely. rather than what we have. Precisely, uh, being responsible for its usage. Because I mean, I, I read somewhere that I think. We work longer hours in this country and have less vacation time, or whatever, largely because I mean, uh, not largely because, but assisted by the access of the of the technol- technology at our fingertips. You know, right? I know my wife complains about this often. Uh, she being uh, in in the business end of the theater, and me being in the artistic end, she works a lot more regularly than I do, mm-hmm. and so. Um, uh, but yeah, it's 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 uh, it, I think sometimes we need to stop and smell the flowers, you know? And, mm, that's and, true. And, um, you know, I mean, I can sound like an old, you know, what can I say, poop? <laughs> <laughs> the old school? Old school, whatever. But, you know, I'm, I've, I've gone out and said, you know, I don't see kids playing touch football in the streets anymore. It's those damn video games, you know. We didn't have that when we were young. And, uh, um, and that's not totally true. I mean, you know, times are changed, but... It, But I do think it's a balancing... You know, I I recently... I didn't have these things. I remember, like the first computer I went and played on was up at Lawrence Labs, and it was one of those old things with the brown paper. <laughs> oh, and hundreds
0: and hundreds of yeah, light yeah. bulbs.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. A bunch of little adolescent boys in a room in Lawrence Livermore, or Lawrence Laboratories up there in the hills, just typing away. And I, see, the, the problem was, I have really bad dyslexia, and my, so my spelling was off. And the computer said, "Don't understand, <laughs> don't understand." <laughs> you know, and the paper would come out. It was, it was very depressing. But... Um, are trying to get at. Well, but just just now it's like in our homes, you know, the, the games and such and I've been like before I came up here, I'm living I live in Southern California now and uh, uh, a friend of mine had just gotten this the new Spider-Man DVD the, uh, the game the 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 oh, okay. them. The, whatever. Oh, it's a game. But that's addictive. <laughs> it's <was Yeah>. fun. <laughs> but so I can understand its attraction, but by the same token, w- once again, we need to you know enforce human human interaction mm-hmm. you know I mean, face reality a little bit yeah precisely <laughs> precisely uh, we don't sit down and talk to our neighbors anymore you know that's true. and that's but that's not totally technology's fault and I and I think it, it, it but it's you know it's 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 what am I trying to say it's not technology's fault but it definitely that's one of the things we're distracted it's easier it makes life easier, so we'll mm. go to that easy choice. We are, uh, I think, unfortunately, we're lazy by nature. Most people are, you know, humans are. You know, we are constantly we we, we develop these things. As you mentioned earlier, at the beginning, these are developed to make life, you know, easier. Be and, easier. Yeah, right. Uh-huh. But then we, we abuse it and abuse it and abuse it and abuse it, and, right. and um, to the point where we're just sitting there, 300 pounds on a couch, you know. <laughs> and uh, I guess it helps us become lazy too. Yeah. So this but this show, I think, really talks about not so much, as I said earlier, how technology is bad, but how we exist within the technology, how we, you Mm -hmm. know, I mean, we don't understand it. We ignore it. Um, how it, it it's we've invented it and now it's gotten tangled up and around our feet because we were too tired to pick it up or clean it up or whatever. You know?
0: mm-hmm. Well, so. that raises really an interesting point. Um, mm-hmm. There was recently a book came out called uh, Bowling Alone. I don't know if you've uh, I
2: think I've heard of it. I've not read it. it. Yeah, but uh,
0: it was written about um, you know this whole social change that's going on in America, mm-hmm. whereas you know in the '30s people actually went bowling together, mm-hmm. went oh, yeah. drinking mm-hmm. together mm-hmm. much more than mm-hmm. they do now, mm-hmm. and Partly it's because of the technology. hmm Even cars have uh, isolated people, mm-hmm. he claims, mm-hmm. since, uh, you know, we don't really go out and talk to people on the streets and whatnot. hmm
2: My wife, I didn't, yeah, she mentioned that to me. I think she read a, a review of that. Hmm. And the bowling thing is true. Like the bowling leagues, you know, and they're gone or they're diminishing. Right. And I can remember, like, growing up here in Berkeley, and there there used to be a lot of bowling alleys. I used to bowl at the bowling alley uh, here uh, at the ACLU. Is that it? Actually, uh, I I wasn't aware there was one here. There there used to be a bowling alley uh-huh. down uh, down in, in the basement of the building at Sprawl Plaza, right? And you know, and a little air hockey, and you know, and there was one down on College, mm-hmm. and and uh, in Oakland, but probably Broadway at this point, you know. Um, now, to my knowledge, the only bowling alley is Albany Bowl, you know, right. the bowling complex, you know. But yeah, it's true, you know. Now, we have we have the 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 pool things, mm-hmm. the pool halls, but they get like this come more scenes than places to, to, to talk and compete and, you know, bring your kids to. But I think it's true, and I think uh, the, the cars, you're right, you know. Uh, we could we could all afford to walk a little bit more. Right. Um, I sometimes joke about, like, give me my horse and carriage, you know. <laughs> um, but then again, there were problems with horse, you know? <laughs> horses and carriages. Um, I think, once again, it's just we have to – it's not going to go away. Right. And we have to be responsible for it, and, and we have to own – the responsibility of of, of interacting, of searching, of meeting. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's one thing I love to do because I just don't get the, uh, you know, in my day-to-day life, the opportunity doesn't really present itself. But when I come up and do shows for the Aurora, uh, we always do a a special day of going to the North Berkeley Senior Center and talking to the the patrons of the Senior Center about the Mm -hmm. shows, and then they come uh, to see the show. Right. Um, And I love it. They're just really fired up and you know want to see the show and and it's you know it's it feels good because i'm talking to people who are you know well as i get older the 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 margin (laughs) decreases (laughs) but um 40 30 years older than me and um and they got so much to say, and and it's 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 really cool. And I used to go, oh, you know, sometimes you just I I'm tired. I'm directing the show. I just I'd rather sit back and play computer solitaire. Or right. But no, no, you know, I go out, and now I I look forward to doing that every time I work up here. You know, hmm. and uh, um, I I wasn't able to do it this last time because uh, this horrible cold swept through my cast, and I had to rehearse extra mm. hours yesterday. That was the day we normally do it. But yeah, I uh, um it it's we have to be proactive about interaction and just exploring other choices. Right. You, I'm sorry.
0: So it's been said that the uh, the next big thing in the high tech is mm-hmm. going to be wireless where you know wireless technology mm-hmm. so for example you have laptops that mm-hmm. don't have to be connected to your office mm-hmm. uh, uh, more functionalities to your cell phone. Mm-hmm. so supposedly you could just work and play at the same time. Mm-hmm. Do you think that'll solve some of the problems or will it make it worse? Oh gosh,
2: I don't know. I mean, I'm more if I was speaking, for, you know, speaking for myself, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm, 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 I'm a big old couch potato. I think that I, I'd have to steer away from it. You know, I got too many other vices. I don't, you know, I can't <laughs> afford the other. I mean, it's, it's. I so I get pressured by email, right? You know, because it just comes like waves and waves. And yeah, you know, it can be very distracting. Yeah, right? and you can't. I mean, and I. So I don't know. I think once again, use responsibly. Right. You know, uh, I think you'd be fine. But um, I, I I don't know. I, I mean, in some ways, it's great. I, I mentioned earlier, I have dyslexia. And and it used to be very hard for me to write a cover letter. Because mm. it's embarrassing when you send a, a, a cover letter out for a job interview. And it's like, oh, I, 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 it looks like a chicken just danced across <laughs> the page, you know. So, but with the spell check on the computer now, it's really helped my life. Right. You know, I mean, and that's a, that's a situation where I'm like, mm. gosh, why didn't they invent this when I was eight, you know. Um, so that's that's great, you know. Yeah, unfortunately, there are people who don't want to use their spell
0: checker for some reason. Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> and sometimes it, it gets you like if you know he, words like there and here, and you're using yeah. the wrong wrong one. And my wife looks over my shoulder, and goes, <clears throat> you know, <laughs> check that and uh, um, fix that. But but that's that's a great thing. So hopefully, you know, we could with the wireless thing I mean we'll use it capacity I th- I think games are great I've enjoyed mm-hmm. games I have one I love to play medieval total war right. on my computer and uh, uh, and it's silly because I'm a big history buff and so I can you know be like the cr- whatever but it's you spend so much time where I should be writing and you know I mean mm-hmm. so you gotta be like I'm only allowing myself an hour of my game you know and then I'm gonna get some work done and you gotta be uh Responsible in that way, and uh, because you'll feel better, you feel better. Uh, that's the other thing. Like, like anything, we go to uh, um, these games or these these devices or other things for release. And nine times out of ten, we're avoiding the issue that's really causing us stress. Mm. If we if we address the issue that's causing us stress. That's really what's going to make us feel better. If we run away from the issue that's causing us stress and hide in, whether it be games, movies, uh, 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 surfing the web, uh, or, you know, let's get away from technology, you know, drinking, whatever, we're not going to feel better, Mm. you know? Well, remember
0: Homer Simpson says... uh alcohol is the cause and a solution to oh, alcohol. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: well, uh, great that you brought up the Simpsons. There's that early episode where mm-hmm. uh, Itchy and Scratchy is banned. Okay. And, I, do you I, ever see that one?
0: I think there's more than one of those, but well, you know, there's it, it probably
2: at least... Itchy and Scratchy, Marge gets it taken off the air because it's too violent. Right. And and suddenly, there's this whole blossoming of the children playing and, and doing and going outdoors and interacting and playing together and building forts and, creating and bird watching and all this stuff like this and then the television's brought back uh on the, on the air, the show is brought back on the television on the air, and the kids already go back inside, and, the, and Springfield becomes a ghost town, you know, no more little kids are playing anymore, and I think this, I mean, that you know, that's kind of how I feel, it's like I just remember growing up here, and just, you know we built forts, and we played games in the streets, and all this stuff like that, and I just don't see that anymore, and I think a lot of it's that there's less kids but I also think that they're indoors, you know, doing these these things, you know, once again Sounded like an old poop, but, you know, that's that's
0: my, my feeling. I'm sticking by it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we're running a little bit out of time, so uh, could you tell us where and when this show is performing? Uh,
2: at the Aurora Theater, uh, down on, um, I didn't bring a flyer with me, on Addison Street. Okay, so it's uh, next to Repertory Berkeley Theater? Repertory Theater, right, okay. right. Uh, right near the, the jazz uh, school, um, mm-hmm. and... Uh, I think that's 2801 Addison but better landmarks are better next to the Berkeley Rep across the street from the uh, uh the downtown restaurant mm-hmm. right there um and it's a lot of fun and it's not very long it's about 2 hours uh 2 hour 15 with the intermission mm-hmm. and um and it's uh the same guy same uh, Mr. Frain also wrote um Noises off. They made a movie of that, right? And it's it, the humor is very similar to that. Mm-hmm. It's just frantic and crazy and and silly, and uh, but with a you know a deeper underlying message.
0: And uh, when does it premiere?
2: Um, we preview on the 15th, uh, and we open on the 21st to December 21st. Great. Thank okay. You. Well, thanks for joining us. All right. Thanks, Frank.
0: And that was director Soren Oliver we just talked to. His play, Alarms and Excursions, will play from Wednesdays to Sundays, starting this week, at the OR Theatre. You're listening to Berkeley Grocks here on 90.7 FM. Coming up, find out how far occurs, so stay tuned. Welcome back to Berkeley Rocks, and now here's Charles with the answer to last week's question of the week.
1: That's right, this is the answer to last week's question of the week. This is Head Dr. Professor Einstein with where does your fart come from? You know, the poop, the shoots. you know, that little gas that you pass, where does it come from? Well, here's the answer, you see, in your body there are tiny little microorganisms which feed on your feces, and when they eat the feces, they basically release a bunch of gas in the by- byproduct of the-, the eating of it, and that gas is sometimes called a methane, and that methane it builds up in your in your rectum, on your colon. and then when it ex- expands and expands and it must release somewhere, and when And it does out your anus. And that is where the flatulence comes from.
0: Is this a adiabatic expansion?
1: Oh it's some kind of expansion, my friends.
0: Okay now here's the question of the week for this week. Where does coal come from? If you know the answer or just think you know the answer, email us at grox at hotmail dot com. You won't win anything, but you might just know where to put those gifts for those naughty girls and boys. And that's all for this week's edition of Berkeley Grox. Make sure you tune in next week for more from the world of science and technology. If you'd like to contact us here at Berkeley Grox, you can email us at grox at hotmail.com. For Berkeley Grox, I'm
1: And I'm Charles Lee. Make sure you also see us on the web at www.grox.net. Have a great afternoon and stay tuned for more music with your host, The Boy Wonder.